This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, the half hour, we'll visit with Luigi Basco as he writes another letter to his mama in Italy on Life with Luigi. But first, let's take a trip back to 1954. The fact that we're in the midst of a pandemic with the vaccination of everyone being urged to combat COVID-19 mirrors pretty well what was happening that year, 1954. Following the discovery of a vaccine against polio, the first mass vaccination of children begins. There are many people listening in right now who I'll bet remember this. I hope by the end of this month, most people will have received their second shot. What else happened that year? Well, following more wives moving back into the workforce as the economy continued to grow and consumer goods and television programs included the popular Father Knows Best. Marlon Brando starred in two of the most popular movies, On the Waterfront and The Wild One. The movie Blackboard Jungle also featured the song Rock Around the Clock from Bill Haley and the Comets. And Elvis Presley cut his first commercial record. It was also the year that saw one of Hollywood's top stars, James Stewart, portray the lead role on radio's The Six Shooter. Here's the episode, entitled Thicker Than Water. In a moment, you'll hear James Stewart as The Six Shooter. Just one of many fine programs brought to you each week on NBC. Tomorrow night, there's top comedy entertainment with the Bob Hope Show, the Phil Harris, Alice Faye Show, and Can You Top This with Senator Ford. Bob Hope delivers rapid-fire comedy routines, while Phil Harris and Alice Faye bring both mirth and music. It's a great Friday night lineup of comedy programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Six Shooter. saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the sick shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as the sick shooter. A transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. This was my first trip into Powder Creek for, oh, three months, I suppose. Working the spring roundup for Bar Y had been keeping me pretty busy, and... 
I hadn't been any special reason for coming to town, but I figured it was about time to make an appearance. Scar's saddle was showing a lot of wear and tear, and, well, my own outfit didn't exactly look like it. It had just arrived fresh from the mail order house. My pants were getting a little thin around the seat, and there was a pretty big hole in the sleeve of my jacket. I'd tried to patch it up, but I hadn't done a very good job. So I left Scar at the livery stable and headed over to Ethan Green River's general store. I am getting another jacket and a new pair of breeches, shirt or two. And I'd probably be able to find out what's been going on in the town while I was at it. Ethan usually managed to keep up on the latest Powder Creek happenings. Well, the store hadn't changed much. Everything seemed to be about the same. And Ethan, he hadn't changed much either. He must be almost 65 by now. He sure didn't look that old, though. Standing there by the pickle barrel... Munching on a great big fat juicy dill. Howdy, Ethan. Well, well, well. I've been wondering when you was going to honor us with your presence, Britt. That's all. Yes, sir. I was remarking about you just this morning. Told Miss Bennett when she come in to get some yardage for a new dress. I said to Miss Bennett about time for the six shooter to be coming into town. He sort of overdue, I said. Overdue? What are you talking about, Ethan? Well, there's milk for you, for one thing. Letter. Uh, somebody in uh, Topeka, Kansas, from the looks of the envelope. Oh, it must be from Aunt Emma. She lives in Topeka. Oh, she does, eh? Well, here you are, Britt. Thanks. According to the postal rules, I should have sent it back when you didn't show up, but I figured I could stretch your point. <laughs> well, ain't you going to read it? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Oh, oh my. Oh, that pickle sure is bitter. Yeah, Must have got too much vinegar in this batch. You know, to this, I ain't very fond of dills, anyhow. Don't know why I keep on eating them. Holy smoke. Hmm? Was something the matter, Brett? Holy. Well, it's a letter from Aunt Emma. She's, she's, she's coming out here to Powder Creek. Oh, going to pay you a little visit, huh? Now, ain't that nice? No, it's more than just a visit, Ethan. Oh? No, no, she's figuring on settling down here. Well. She aims to make this her home, look. Uh-huh. Well, there's lots worse places a buddy can live. No, no, but she expects me to live with her. She's, she says she's going to keep house for me. Well, Holy now, that's real considerate of her. Real considerate. No, indeed. no, but I appreciate her, her wanting to look after me, but well, doggone it, Ethan. Now, you know I couldn't settle down, not permanently. I'm used to traveling around and living alone and bunking wherever my fancy strikes. You yeah, know that. Sure, but... Uh... Maybe it's good for you to take root someplace, huh? You you know what they say, Britt. Rolling stone gathers no moss. Living alone does have its disadvantages. Oh, you know? well, now you're a fine one to talk. Well. I haven't noticed you making any effort to acquire a family. Oh, now look here. I'm a lot older than you are. Too old to change my ways. But you're still a young buck. You ought to be sort of a pliable like. Yes, sir, I think you ought to take your hand up on this here offer. Huh? You don't think anything of the kind. No, you, no, you do not. You're just trying to get my goat, that's all. No, I, I know you. I'm, well, I'll just write Aunt Emma tonight, and I'll thank her for what she wants to do for me. I, but I'll just explain. I, I, I'll, I'll just I, explain I, I, to her and tell her. I, I hmm? kind of doubt that a letter would reach her in time to hit her off, Brian. What? Yeah, yeah, that one she sent you has been here for several weeks now. Oh, yeah, well... Well, I guess I'll just send her a telegram, then. That line out of Powder Creek is still working. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ain't been a single breakdown lately, not since them Apaches headed south back into their own territory. Yeah, well, that's what I'll do, then. I'll just telegraph her. Uh, well, I um, kind of doubt that a telegram would do much good, either. Huh? 
We've seen as how your A&M is already in Powder Creek. Yeah, well, I'll send her one anyway. I, 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 what? <laughs> yes, she got here a week ago last Tuesday. Come in on the Saturday. I've rung a whole load of furniture, too. Well, now, now hold on, Ethan. Now, you're not serious. You're joking. Well, no, I'm not. Just you take a stroll over to the old Mac Dennis house. You know, on the corner behind the bank? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, yes, sir. Your aunt rented the place right after she arrived. Must be all moved in by now. Well, I just don't know what to say. I understand she's got your room all fixed up waiting for you. My room? Well, that's what she's here for, ain't it? To look after you. Well, I don't need any looking after Well, maybe me. not, maybe not. But it appears your Aunt Emma's got other ideas. Seems to be a real understanding lady, though. Says it's all right for you to keep sky if your heart's set on it. Is to keep sky? What? Well, she probably don't care much for horses herself, you see. Now, you just listen to me, Ethan Green River. I'm not going to live here on that, what a... I mean, I never asked Aunt Emma to go. She shouldn't take it upon herself to, without my... With a, the old Mac Dennis house, you said. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that's the one. Ain't very fancy, but from here on, it's uh, going to be home sweet home. Hey, Britt? Yeah, I'll just see about that. <laughs> Goodness sakes, how you've grown, Brit. Oh, now, now, Aunt Em, now, I, I had my full growth the last time you saw me. I, I was 25 years old. Well, now, it seems to me you've shot up some since then. <laughs> oh, not much flesh on you, though. Fact is, you're just plain skinny. Yeah, well, I reckon being so tall make me a little thinner than I really am, you know, sort well, of appear to be. your father you know. was just as tall as you are, but... He must have been a good 20 pounds heavier. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Yes, ma well, we'll put some flesh on those bones of yours. A couple of good home-cooked meals, and you'll start filling in. I, uh, yes, yes. You, uh, you like the house, Brit? Uh, yes. It seems real comfortable. Well, I haven't quite finished unpacking yet, and some of the big pieces have got to be moved. I was waiting for you to give me a hand. Yes, I'll be glad to, Anne. Uh, your room's right over there, if you uh, want to take a look at it. Oh, uh, well... So, go on, Brit, go on. Oh, you needn't be afraid I fixed it up real frilly or anything like that. Oh, no, no, I wasn't worried about that. I... Well? Uh, oh, I... Uh, it looks fine. It's just fine. Just take a good feel of that bed. Hmm? Oh. Yeah, uh, I bet you don't get a soft mattress like that in the bunkhouse where you've been sleeping. Uh, yeah, no. No, we sure don't. Mm. I'm working on a patch quilt for it. Started before I left Kansas. Expect I'll have it finished up in a week or so. Well. Adam, before you go too much trouble. Yes, Rick? Uh, you see, you see, I I didn't know you were coming to Powder Creek. Uh, yes, Mr. Green River told me you hadn't been in to pick up my letter. You must have been kind of surprised to find out I was already here. I was practically flabbergasted, yes. I. Whatever made you decide to come west? I'll tell you all about it while I'm fixing supper. Come on out in the kitchen. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, shucks. I was going to have a real fancy meal for you first night in your new home, but you didn't give me enough warning. 
So I'll just have to warm up yesterday's pot roast, if that's all right. Oh, there's nothing I like better. Oh, there's some potatoes in that sack. Would you mind feeling a couple of them for me? No, not a bad, not a bad. Right here. Here, now use this pan. Oh, oh there's yeah. the knife's in the drawer beside you. Oh, I see. Oh, no, one? not the butcher knife, oh. Chris. Here, now, this one. Oh, I see. That'll be better. Well, now, uh, about my coming to powder, Chris, Rick. I, I just felt it was my bounded duty. You, ma'am? Well, you see, Carrie got married last February. Carrie? My youngest girl, your cousin Carrie. Oh, 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 cousin Carrie. She yeah. was almost 30, and I was beginning to wonder whether she'd ever get a... Well, she finally found herself a real nice man. Yes, he works for the Santa Fe Railroad Company. Oh, got me a train ticket at half price. Uh-huh, is that so? Yeah. Well, anyway, after she left home, that meant my family was all taken care of. My immediate family, that is. Uh-huh. And then I got to thinking about you, my only brother's son, all alone with nobody to look after you. Well, I've been getting along all right, Anne. Now, don't you try to tell me that. If ever I saw a man that needed a woman to take a hold of him, why, those clothes you're wearing are a disgrace. Oh, yes, these are. Well, I was going to buy some new ones today. Well, if they was washed and ironed and mended proper, you wouldn't be needing new clothes all the time. A wife, that's what you really ought to have. But I suppose you're like the rest of the Poncets. Put off everything until the last minute. Mm, well, I... Oh, I don't going know. it alone is expensive, Fred. Oh, I'm not saying the two can live as cheap as one. And I don't want you to get the idea that I expect you to support me. Well, it has never even crossed my mind. Oh, indeed. I've still got some of the money your Uncle George left. And my boys both send me a little bit from time to time. <laughs> I don't imagine we'll have any finance problems, Bridge. Well, you see, Aunt Em, I'm signed up with the Bar Y, and I'm sorry, but I, I just can't very well stay on here in town with you. Well... There are other jobs besides ranching. Well, it's about all I'm good for. Oh, fiddlesticks. I've had a talk with Mr. Allington at the bank. He says he'll give you a position the minute you say the word. Oh, for Pete's sake. Uh, me, what, in a, me work in a bank? Oh, no, Adam, I'm in a bank. I wouldn't know the first thing about it. Oh, well, now that don't seem to bother Mr. Allington. He was real pleased at the idea. Said it would probably cut down some of his losses, having you as an employee. Ooh, what's the matter, Brit? Oh, God. Sort of nick my finger a little bit. None, sir. Oh, here, just... here, you can use this piece of rag for a bandage. It's clean. Oh, no, Auntie. You don't want to get blood poisoning, do oh, you? No, Go ahead, all... now tie it on. All right, all right, all right, all right. And you'd better let me finish those potatoes. You're peeling them. There wouldn't be enough left to cook. Yes, well, uh, see, what I'm getting at, Aunt Em, is, well, I'm not the stay-and-put type of man. I'm sort of used to being on the move. Understand? Princess, it's high time you lit someplace. Oh, I've heard about you and that gun of yours all the way back to Kansas. It's a wonder to me you haven't been shot up half a dozen times by now. At least those stories folks tell are true. Well, the stories probably did some growing on their way east. I'll bet I know one thing you don't. They've even got a title for you back there. Oh? Mm-hmm. The six-shooter. That's what they call you. No. As if the name of Ponset wasn't good enough. Huh. 
Well, don't you feel too bad about it, dear. After we live here in peace and quiet for a spell, everybody will forget all about those escapades of yours. Uh-huh. Now, Aunt Emma, there's just something I've got to explain to you, and I, I want you to understand that oh, I... Oh, Chris. I know what you're trying to say. You think I'm making a big sacrifice in, in coming here and setting up a home for you. No, no, no. Not it's exactly. No sacrifice, oh. No, indeed. And it's, it's not just a feeling of duty, either. The plain truth is, I... I wanted to come. Oh? It's kind of hard to put into words, but... Well, after George died, I still had the children to keep me busy. But now... Now there's no one. No one but you. I guess I'm the kind of person that just has to have somebody to worry over. Must be my nature. And I'm only 60, Brit. I ought to be able to run a house for a good 10 years yet. The Ponsett's a long life, as a rule. Oh, sure, sure. So I... I just don't know what I'd have done if, if there hadn't been somebody I could be of use to. Uh, I guess you're kind of a godsend, Brit. It looks like I need you more than you need me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I reckon we both need each other, Adam. about as well as could be expected that first night I stayed with Aunt Emma. I wasn't exactly what you'd call comfortable. The bed was too darn soft for one thing. And it wasn't easy getting used to having another person around all the time. Leastways, it, it wasn't easy getting used to Aunt Emma. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew she had my best interest. Brett Ponsett, you eat the rest of those turnips. They're good for you. And that... Oh, before I forget it. Don't you think you ought to see about getting a haircut? It's hanging way down the back of your neck. And whenever she asked me to do something, well, I, I sure didn't have any right to object. They were things that had to be done. There's and no uh, a sack of flour, a spool of number 60 white thread, and some empty fruit jars. I think I'll put up some of that rhubarb out in the garden. Looks real nice to me. And as for the advice she gave me, well, it was probably good advice. Well worth listening to. I just don't see why you can't try working at the bank, Brit. If you don't take to it, you can always quit. I'm not saying that you have to keep on with it for the rest of your life. Well, after a week, I knew that I couldn't go on much farther, so... And when Dan Porterfield came in, I told him I'd be back to the ranch by the end of the month. But I sure didn't know how I was going to manage it. I just, uh, I just couldn't leave Aunt Em, not without hurting her. She, she just needed somebody like me to fuss over her. And, and, uh... There wasn't anyone else who seemed to fit the bill. At least nobody... At least nobody I could think of right offhand. Yeah. Here's the last of it, Britt. Coffee, salt, bacon, cooking material. It's all in it. Yeah, that's all, Ethan. <laughs> I'll say one thing. You sure surprised me, Britt. I don't see why. Well, I do. I figured you wouldn't stay on with your aunt not more than two, three days at the very outside. <laughs> but by Jiminy, it's 
It's over a week now, ain't it? Oh, no, it hasn't been a week, but it... Well, it couldn't be that long. Why, George, <laughs> it is a weekend. Well, the time sure does fly when a man's contented and satisfied. Huh? Ethan, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You, you remember the other day when you first told me Aunt Emma was in town? Mm, sure. Well, sure. now, the, the truth of the matter is I was kind of upset. I... I didn't exactly welcome the idea. <laughs> it ain't no secret, Britt. I guess I know how I'd feel with I in your place. Well, that's just it, Ethan. I, I never realized what I've been missing all these years. What are you talking about? I want to tell you that I wouldn't give up living with Aunt Em for all the gold in California. In the first place, she's the finest cook that ever lived. Why, her hot biscuits alone are enough to make your mouth water, and that isn't the half of it. She takes care of all my clothes. You know, I, I can put on a clean pair of socks every day if I have a mind to do it. No. A clean pair every single day if I want to. But the best part of it is that, that I'm not lonely anymore. Guys, it sure is nice to have somebody to talk to and to play casino with in the evenings. Huh? Of course, I know none of this sounds appealing to you, Ethan, but... Gosh, I, I sure hope I never have to go back to living alone. Well, uh, see you later. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be seeing you, Britt. Britt, you forgot to get a wick for the lamp. Oh, yes, guess I did. Well, it sort of slipped my mind. You sure aren't much good at remembering things. Oh, well, I'll go back uptown and pick one up. It'll only take Oh, never mind, never mind. We can do without until tomorrow. Better get your hands washed, son. Supper will be ready in a little bit. Yes, ma'am. Uh, by the way, I, I had a little chat with Ethan Green River this afternoon. That's nice. You know, he... he I kind of feel sorry for him. He, he, living alone and nobody to care whether he comes or goes and all that. Well, by his own choice, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I'm just, uh, Well, I... I was just thinking, maybe we could have him over to supper one night. Oh. Well, now, Britt, I'm not as young as I used to be, and getting on food for company, that, that's kind of an effort. Oh, but it wouldn't have to be anything special. And besides, it might be nice for you and Ethan to sort of get together, to sort of a, a little, get a little better acquainted. And... You don't think I'd so much as look at another man after your Uncle George, do you? I'm surprised. Oh, no, no, I, I didn't mean anything like that. Well, um, I should hope not. Oh, no, 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 no. No, the fact is, Ethan is kind of spoken for in a way. You don't say. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. Maud Hinsdale, she's got her eye on him. Hinsdale? Hinsdale, yes. You know, the soprano in the church choir, the screeching one. Oh. Oh, yes, yes. yes. And come to think of it, somebody was telling me Maud was sort of worried about you when you first showed up, and she was afraid another widow might give her some competition for Ethan, and she's been having trouble enough landing him as it is, you know. Well, she needn't have concerned herself. Oh, she's not concerned now. Uh, not that she's seen you. What? No, at least that's the story I got. I... Well... For Maud Hinsdale's information, I've had plenty of chances to remarry since your uncle passed on. Oh, sure you have. I'm sure you have. And now that you mention it, tomorrow night might be a very good time to have Mr. Green River over for supper. I was planning on chicken and dumplings, and there'll be plenty for three. Well, now, you're sure you it won't mean too much work for you? Oh, what's a little work, Britt? 
This is your home as much as it is mine. Your friends are always welcome. Oh, fine, fine, Anna. That's that's real generous of you. I won't be able to eat again for a month of Sundays, Miss Bancroft. That's all there is to it. Oh, now, Mr. Greenleaf, yes, there's another whole apple pie we haven't even touched. Uh, I thought with two strong, healthy men like you, one pie wouldn't be near enough. Oh, no, please, not another mouthful. Oh, well, uh, if you're absolutely certain I can't tempt you to more of anything, I guess I might as well clear uh, off the table. Uh, can I help you, Anne Am? Five fritz. You know I don't like anybody in my kitchen. You two just go in the parlor and enjoy yourself. I'll be along in a minute. Uh, yes, Sir Britt. You wasn't exaggerating one little bit. That aunt of yours just about the finest cook I ever come across. Ah, it's my nice of you to say that, Ethan, considering that this is just the sort of a plain, ordinary, run-of-the-mill supper. It's about like what we get every night. No. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Sunday dinner. Now, there... That's when she really puts herself out. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, that's Sunday. Well, see, uh, you don't suppose you can manage to get me an invite to one of her Sunday meals, do you, Britt? Mm, I don't know. Oh, now, look, Britt, I, I'd sure appreciate it. I, yeah, I, well, I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. Do my best. Well, for the next ten days or so, Ethan was practically a steady boarder at Aunt Emma's. And he sure did put it away, too. Aunt Emma didn't seem to mind. She said she liked to see a man enjoy his food, and Ethan more than obliged her. I tried to leave them alone as often as I could, but as far as I could tell, their friendship just didn't seem to be progressing past the dining room table. Uh, looked like I'd just have to sort of give... Ethan a little touch of spur. So, one evening after a fair of sauerkraut, while Aunt Em was out in the kitchen doing the dishes... Oh, you gotta let my belt out another notch. That's all there is to it. Uh, <coughs> uh Ethan. Yeah? Uh, uh, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. Go right ahead, Brit. Well, now, you know I'm Aunt Emma's only relative. Uh-huh. In Powder Creek, that is. Yeah. Uh... She's sort of my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm getting at is your intentions. My what? Your your intentions about Emma. Oh, oh, oh! I, I see what you're driving at now, Britt. Uh, well, you don't have anything to worry about. I don't. No, no. I, I won't deny I'm real fond of Emma, and it's more than just a cooking too. Under other circumstances, well, I I might even consider asking her to marry me. Other circumstances. Yeah, well, you, you you told me how you'd feel if anything happened to upset this little home you've got here, and I'd be the last man in the world to cause you any misery, Brett. Why, you're one of my closest friends. Now, now, just hold on here a minute. Now, Ethan. look, but you can take my word for it. You and Emma can live on here together just as long as you've a mind to, and I won't do a thing to interfere. But I'd like you to interfere. Huh? I, if, if you want to marry Aunt Emma... And she wants to marry you, you'd be doing me a favor. No. No, Britt. I just won't let you make such a sacrifice. A sacrifice? Yes, that's just what it is. A sacrifice. All right, Ethan. You can believe whatever you like, but I've made up my mind. I'm not staying here in Powder Creek. 
I'm heading back to the Bar Y the first thing in the morning, and after I'm gone, Aunt Em will be all alone here, all alone, unless you plan to do something about it. Well, I guess I really wouldn't have gone through with it, leaving Aunt Em, I mean. But I was pretty sure that Ethan really liked her. And all he needed was a little prod. Well, uh, a big prod. Anyhow, I got Scar out of the bar and I rode around for an hour or so. But when I came back to the house, Ethan's buggy was gone. Oh. It was maybe... Maybe he hadn't proposed at all, or maybe she turned him down. Huh? Well, only one way to find out, and that's go inside. What happened to you, Briggs? Oh, well, I, I just wanted to give Scar a chance to stretch his legs. Oh, I thought maybe you were giving Ethan a chance to propose to me. Uh, he asked you to marry him? That was the general idea. I see. Uh, you uh, turned him down, huh? Is that what you thought I'd do? Well, I was afraid you... I mean, I, I... I figured you'd be worried about what would happen to me. That was all. I... I'm not the least bit worried about what'll happen to you, Brett Ponsett. What? Why, I've known since the first week you moved in here that it just wouldn't work out. It's clear as day that you and that horse of yours aren't going to be happy unless you're roving around somewhere, bedding down without a roof over your head. Oh, I saw those blankets of yours on the floor. I know how you've been sleeping. Well, I... Yes, it appears to me that there are some men who take to being looked after and cared for, and there are some who just don't. That's why I agreed to marry Ethan. You accepted him? Of course I did. <sighs> He's the kind of man who will take to being looked after. Well, I hope you're right, Aunt Em. I sure hope you're right. And you know she was? She was 100% right? Why, the next time I came through Powder Creek to visit Aunt Em and, and uh, Uncle Ethan, well, well, sir, he was just about the most married man I ever saw. And so help me, he seemed to enjoy it, too. Mm. Of course, maybe when I'm his age, I, well, well, I guess I don't need to start worrying about it now. Stay tuned for Life with Luigi, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for J. Carol Nash to star in Life with Luigi as we hear the tale of the little immigrant dealing with a damage claim. From Chicago, we invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a new comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring J. Carol Nash with Alan Reed. A year ago, when Luigi Basco left Italy to start his new life in America... He promised his mother that he would write her and tell her about his adventures. 
So now we look over Luigi's shoulder as he writes another letter to Mama Basco in Italy. Dear Mamma Mia, yesterday I find out that Italian boys very popular in America. All over, in the magazines, in the newspapers, on Steins, is a picture of two beautiful American girls, both the crazy over same Italian boy. On the bottom it say, which twin has a Tony? <laughs> But in America, Mamma Mia, everything is a big. In all the country, when a fella has a cold, is it just a plain cold? But in America, fella catches a cold in all directions. So he takes a four-way cold tablet. <laughs> Our countryman Pasquale, who bring me here and has spaghetti palace next to my antique store, he's now giving his fat daughter Rosa reducing pills. Last week, she said, take so many reducing pills, she gained six pounds. <laughs> Mamma mia, you should see her. She is the only girl who can be in two places at the same time. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm still a single, and my business is all right. This afternoon, when Jimmy O'Connor, my 12-year-old general manager, come home from school, he say... Hello, boss. Hello, Jimmy. How was school today? Not so hard. Is there no steam heat in school, Jimmy? It's got nothing to do with that, boss. It's just an expression. What it means, not so hot, Jimmy? Well, it means, um, crummy. Crummy? <laughs> what that means? Crummy means not so hot. Oh, why you don't say so? <laughs> why you don't say so in the first place? Uh, we better skip it, boss. Not so hot. Crummy. Skip it. Jimmy, sometimes I think there's two kinds of English in America. <laughs> Kind you learn in day school and kind they teach me in a night school. What's doing around the store, Mr. Luigi? Did we get any mail? Sure. This morning, a postman bring me six pounds of mail. Six pounds? Three letters and a catalog from Scissor Oakbuck. <laughs> He's a fine writer. Did you get any checks in those letters, boss? Checks? So who's going to send us checks? Doesn't anybody owe us money? Is other way around. Do we owe anybody money? <laughs> Jimmy, sit down. We answer letters. Okay, boss. Here's the first letter from Kern Silver Company. Read it, Jimmy. Uh, dear Mr. Basco, with regard to your order of November 3rd, we cannot send you the candlesticks you ordered until you send us the money you owe us. Oh. We will send you the candlesticks when you send us the money. Uh-huh. What should I answer, boss? Say, please the cancel order. It's impossible for me to wait that long. <laughs> Next letter, Jimmy. Well, this one isn't important, boss. It's only a circular from Frank Hoover and son. Only? Jimmy, Hoover is important fella. Washington is the father of a country. Hoover is the father of a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but, Mr. Luigi, this Hoover wants to buy a two-volume encyclopedia for only $16. Write them as soon as I get $8, I send them for first book. But, boss, what good will one book do you? Then I'll be the smartest fella in Chicago from letter A to letter M. <laughs> Okay. And the sign it, Luigi Pasco and the Jimmy. Why the Jimmy, boss? Mr. Hoover signs as a letter, Frank Hoover and his son. So I sign Luigi Pasco and a Jimmy. You're just like a son to me. Thanks, boss. But where do you expect to get that $8? Don't worry, Jimmy. Soon we're going to have money. See this other letter? What about it? It's from my cousin, Salvador. 
who has antique store in Boston. Remember lady who ordered Admiral Perry mirror from me? Mrs. Ditson. She's been coming here every day. Soon we get the mirror, Jimmy, and we make a $200 profit. How do you figure $200? You're paying Salvador $200 for the mirror, and Mrs. Ditson's going to give you $300. That's only a $100 profit. Oh, no, Jimmy. I explain. When a lady pays me $300 and I pay $200, that's a $100 profit, which is $100 I don't expect. So? So, $100 I get, and $100 I don't expect, that's a $200 profit. Boss, that's not good arithmetic. Is it what? Not good arithmetic. Maybe not, but I make more money that way. <laughs> but, Mr. Luigi, what does Salvador say about the mirror? I read your letter. Dear Cousin Luigi, last letter you send to me is to come here without a stamp, and I must pay letter carrier three cents. <laughs> if you're reading this letter now, then we're even. <laughs> uh, boss, get to the part about the mirror. Don't be impatient, Jimmy. Here's the more. Last week, my papa, who is 80 years old and is not feeling too good, so doctor tells him he must smoke only one cigar a day. Papa does this, and now he's a feel worse because he never smoked a cigar before in his life. But boss, when is the Admiral Perry Mirror coming? Wait. Cousin Luigi, I'm sorry, but not surprised to hear about your troubles with the Pasquale. When I come to this country, Pasquale, he also tried to make me marry his large daughter, Rosa. He promised me he'd make the biggest wedding in the history of Chicago. That's why I'm living in Boston. The mirror, boss, the mirror. Cousin Luigi, I'm very fond of you, and this year, I'm sending you Christmas presents. But, boss... Is the next, Jimmy. Admiral Perry Miller is on the way. Cousin Luigi, your papa was my uncle. My papa was your uncle. You honest fella. And I trust you with my life, so Mira is coming to you COD. Hmm, <laughs> well, that's good. What's good about it? COD means collect on delivery. That's right, so I collect the mirror on delivery. Uh, you don't understand, boss. When the expressman delivers the mirror, you'll have to pay him $200 cash. Expressman? I don't owe expressman money. I owe Salvador money. Well, that's the way it works, though. You pay the expressman, and the company pays Salvador. You mean Salvador trusts express company more than he trusts his own cousin? <laughs> Looks that way. That's the Salvador. I'm so angry with him. I'm going to move him down from a first cousin to a second cousin. <laughs> What's more important is where are you going to get the $200? I don't know. First, I better call up express company and find out when they bring Admiral Perry Mirror. Okay. Son of a story, what is a fine Christmas present? Where'd I get the $200 to pay for the mirror? Maybe when Express the Mirror gave him a COD, I gave him IOU. <laughs> Hello, Miss Basco. Hello, Mrs. Dixon. I'm uh, glad to see you. Mr. Basco, has my Admiral Perry mirror come in yet? Well, you see. I, I can't understand it. It's only coming from Boston. Why should it take so long to get here? Business is slow. <laughs> now, I've been very patient about this. It's been a month since I gave you a $50 deposit, and I don't have the mirror. Lady, I don't have the $50. I give it to Pasquale for the rent. Mr. Basco, really? How can you run a business that way? I don't know. It's very hard. <laughs> Please, Mrs. Dixon. There's nothing to worry about. Cousin Salvador... Hey, is... Oh, hello, Mrs. Dixon. Hello, young man. What did express uh, people say, Jimmy? 
Oh, they're going to deliver the Admiral Perry mirror this t- today. Today? That's wonderful. See, Mrs. Ditch, tonight, though, just nothing to worry about. They said it would be here no later than 5 o'clock. It's on the truck. You see, Mrs. Ditson, it's a funny country. When Admiral comes by truck instead of boat. <laughs> it's about time. I'll be back at 5, Mr. Vasco. Goodbye. A lady? Yes? Maybe you like to pay for mirror now? Oh, that's ridiculous. I'll pay you when I get the mirror, not before. What if you give me $250 now, then Mrs. Ditson, you're absolutely sure to get the mirror. Look, Mr. Basco, I've already given you a $50 deposit. Maybe you'd like to give me five or more $50 deposits. I should say not. If that mirror isn't here by five o'clock sharp, then I'll thank you to return my $50. You're welcome, my lady. That was a good try, boss. Jimmy, you know something? What? Things is not so hot. <laughs> National Express. Luigi Basco. I'm Luigi Basco. <laughs> yeah. I got a box for you. Jimmy, must be Admiral Perry in a box. If there's an admiral in there, he must be a midget. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Oh, not so fast. C-O-D. It's a little matter of $200. If it's so little, then don't worry. <laughs> Look, mister, all I know is I've got to get $200 or the box goes back on the truck. Please, Mr. Expressman, wait for five minutes. Sit down. Here. Read the Sears robot catalog. <laughs> Where are you going, boss? I go see Pasquale. Luigi, my friend. Hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. What's the matter, Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm worried. Then you come to the right to party. Anytime you got to worry, my little man, you come to see Pasquale. Pasquale, then you do me a favor. Anything, Luigi. You want something, you ask for it. I'm living only to make you happy. Then, then, Pasquale, Anything, I... Luigi. My house, it's your home. My bread is your food. My daughter, Rosa, she's your wife. She's not my wife. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. Pasquale, I'm not coming over to talk about Rosa. I'm coming over to talk about me. All right, fine. We talk about you. How would you like to marry Rosa? <laughs> How did we get back to Rosa so quick? <laughs> It wasn't easy. <laughs> All right, Pasquale, then we talk about Rosa. Fine, I'm listening with my ears wide open. How would Rosa's father like to lend me $200? My ears just suddenly close up. <laughs> Please, Pasquale, I must have a $200 right away. What the for you need $200? For Admiral Perry. That's the matter, he loses a job? No, Admiral Perry, he's dead. Then what for he needs a $200? I explain. $200 is to pay for mirror. Luigi, you crazy shaver like everybody else with a 10 cent mirror. Is it not the mirror for shaving? It's antique. I just get from Cousin Salvador. Stop! Who... Don't mention his name. I don't like a fellow who refuses to marry Rosa. You're going to go through life for not liking a lot of fellas, Pasquale. <laughs> Luigi, what's your cousin, Salvatore, got to do with a mirror? It's a business. Salvador sends me a picture of Admiral Perry Mirror and I... What the kind of a picture is this? You know, understand antique business. Sometime one dealer, he sends another dealer a picture of antique instead of antique. That's fine. 
Next time a fellas are coming to my restaurant, he orders a spaghetti and a meatballs, I'm going to serve him a smaller snapper shot on a plate. <laughs> is, is it like this, Pasquale? Lady, Mrs. Dixon, she see picture of a mirror, she give me $50 deposit. Cousin Salvador is sending me mirror, expressman to bring a mirror COD. So I need a $200. You understand, Pasquale? Sure, Luigi, I understand it. All except the one thing. What's that, Pasquale? Where are you going to get the $200? <laughs> That's why I come here, Pasquale. Goodbye, Luigi. Please, Pasquale. Expressman is away. I don't give you $200. I suppose you don't sell it a mirror. Then I'm stuck. But, Pasquale, lady is coming at 5 o'clock. She's going to give me $250 more. You mean she's paid $300 for what you paid $200? That's right, Pasquale. I pay you rent with a $50 deposit. Now I make another $50. You make $100 a profit? Sure. See, I'm a good businessman. You're lending me $200 now? Luigi, I'm thinking it. You see the little wheels are going around in my head? I'm a dizzy watching. <laughs> All right. I lend you the money on a one condition. Please, Pasquale, don't bring a rosa up again. Who's it talking about a rosa? I'm talking a strictly business between the two friends, the two countrymen. I've decided to lend you the money on a 50-50 deal. What do you mean a 50-50 deal? Well, you make a $50 profit that we split. 40 for you... For me and ten for you. But, Pasquale, that's not a 50-50. Luigi, how much is a 40 and a 10? 50. And how much is a 10 and a 40? 50. So it's a 50-50. <laughs> okay. Okay, Pasquale. Expressman is waiting. Here is your $200, my little partner. And remember, I charge only the same interest as the bank, 6%. That's right. Only bank charges 6% a year, and you charge 6% a minute. <laughs> America, I love you. You like a papa to me. From ocean to ocean. Well, Mr. Expressman, I come. Here's your two hundred dollars. Oh, boy, that's great. Here's your receipt, Mr. Bass. Thank you. Jimmy, give me a screwdriver. I'll Here you are, boss. There. Here's a lot of sawdust, Jimmy. Now I pull out the mirror. Take it easy. Jimmy! Oh, boss, the mirror! Mamma mia! Me, Pasquale, and Admiral Perry, we all the broke! Ladies and gentlemen... In the last two days, two young entertainers have gotten their big break in show business on Don Amici's new CBS afternoon show, Your Lucky Strike. Every afternoon, Monday through Friday, from now on, Don will be here on CBS, introducing three or four promising young performers, singers, actors, and comedians each day. After you've listened to them, Don will phone three CBS listeners daily, asking you to vote on which entertainer gets the big break. Listen tomorrow and every weekday, Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Your Lucky Strike, starring Don Amici over most of these same CBS network stations. And now for the second act of Luigi Basco's Adventures in Chicago, we turn to page two of his letter to his mother in Italy. And so, Mamma Mia, mirror is broken. 
And I pay $200 to see Admiral Perry loses the first battle. If he sees what happened to Mira, Admiral Perry goes right out and sinks Express Company. But Jimmy, he tells me to go to Express Company and maybe I get back my $200. So I go. And Mamma Mia, they ask me so many questions. And they send me to so many different people. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a dead animal, bird, or fish? It was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article spoiled meat, eggs, or poultry? was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a flower, fruit, or vegetable? was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a broken mirror? If I say yes, do I get the money? First, how was it packed? Fiber box, wooden box, crepe, corrugated, burlap, barrel, bale, hamper. Please, Mr. Bosco, stop me. Please, keep talking. I'm learning new words. <laughs> Are you familiar with the word triplicate? What this means? I'm going to make three copies of this report. One goes to the main office, the second goes to Boston, and the third goes to Mr. Fitch. What does Mr. Fitch does with his copy? He sends it to Mr. Hubble. And Mr. Hubble? He sends it to the claims clerk. Who is the claim clerk? Me. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. You nice fella. You give me the money now. I go home. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Bosco. But please, I must have a two hundred dollar by five o'clock today. Sure. You see, Pasquale, he loaned me two hundred dollars. Yes, yes, Mr. To... Bosco, you'll get your money, but not without a certain amount of red tape. Come in a hurry. I take the money without tape. Patience, <laughs> patience, Mr. Bosco. Patience. There are just these two forms, the exception report and the joint inspection report. Oh, Mamma mia, I fill out the report when you give me the money. These things take time, but rest assured, Mr. Bosco, National Express will make good your claim. Are you sure? Certainly. The National Express Company has never yet failed to pay an honest claim. We're as solid as the Rock of Gibraltar, and you know the Rock of Gibraltar. If I don't pay Pasquale his money by five o'clock, then he's going to make me marry the Rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Hello, Luigi, my little 50-50 partner. How's our little business deal coming along? Pasquale, you said it that already. What's the matter with you, Luigi? You're shaking like a little puppy in a rain. It's a bad news, Pasquale. What's a bad news? In a 15 minutes, it's a 5 o'clock. Lady comes into your store and I pay you $250. You give me $240, you keep it arrested for yourself. What's so bad a news about that, eh? Pasquale, the mirror is broken. Well, that's a... What do you say? Please, Pasquale, I'm a shaking like a little puppy in the rain. Then I'm a dog catcher. <laughs> Boston, that's the mirror. I don't know. Then give me back my $200. I know, God. Then who got? Express Company. Go back to Express Company. Come on, just to come back. Go back again. Companies say they pay. When? After they file me in a triplicate. Pasquale, <laughs> please. Luigi, I don't want to get excited. I'm trying to be calm. Give me my money. Pasquale, I know God. Get. Well, lend it from somebody. I don't know anybody, Pasquale. You're my only friend. Any fellow who's a friend of yours, he's an old friend of mine. <laughs> I hate him myself. Pasquale. Pasquale, please. I pay you back your $200. I, I save money from antique business. Uh -huh. I... It's a no more antique business. Huh? I'm going to break it down at the wall between your store and my store. And I'm going to make one big spaghetti palace. Oh, 
And what's going to happen to my antique? Every Tuesday, we have antique night. One antique free with a two and a half dollars of dinner. Squally, <laughs> then, then what I do? Don't worry, Luigi. I got a big plan for you. You're going to work for me. I'm going to buy you a brand new second-hand tuxedo. Also white shirt and a nice little shoestring tie. And are you going to be my French head waiter? But I'm not the French. I changed your name from Luigi to Pierre. <laughs> You're going to stand in the door and Rosa, she's going to sit at the cash register and keep one eye on you and one eye on the money. Is this your last word, Pasquale? That's my final sentence. And this, I don't take your word for it. You sign a note. What kind of note? Promissory, you know. What for? If you don't pay me my money by five o'clock, then you promise to marry Rosa. What do you say, my son? Okay, okay, Papa, I sign. Where you been all day, boss? What time is it, Jimmy? Uh, three minutes to five. We spend the last three minutes together, Jimmy, huh? What are you talking about? When a clock strikes at five. Is it good to buy antique store? Hello, Rosa. Didn't the express company give you back the money? By the time they pay me, I'm going to be a head waiter by name of Pierre. Hello, Mr. Vasco. Hello, Mr. Ditson. It's five o'clock. Do you have my mirror? Oh, it's a long story, Mr. Ditson. You see, never I Never mind, to... never mind. Just return my $50, please. But I don't have the $50. Hello, Luigi, my friend. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. Five o'clock on the dot. Pasquale, here's, a, here's a Mrs. Ditson. Mrs. Ditson, it's really nice to meet you. Why? <laughs> Why? Because of your hard luck is making my pleasure possible. It's the happiest moment of my life. Sorry, I not kind of say the same. I'd like my deposit, Mr. Vassar. I'm going to give you the $50, Mrs. Dixon, and I'm going to give you, Luigi, a little sunshine. Rosa. Looks like a big storm and not a sunshine. <laughs> Rosa! 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 You called me, Papa! <laughs> Say hello to Luigi. <laughs> hello, Luigi. <laughs> hello, Rosa. Mrs. Dixon, it's given me great pleasure to present to the future Mrs. Abasco. <laughs> I'm glad you accept the Rosa now. It's everything is settled. Shake your hands with a Luigi. Another package for you, Mr. Basco. For me? Where it's from? Same place as the last one, Boston. I don't pay see your day for any more broken things. Come here. Huh? See? Huh? You take $200 from me for broken a mirror. That? Sure. Look, a hundred little silver pieces. Those are Christmas decorations. That must be the mirror in the box I just brought in. And the cousin Salvador put the COD on the wrong package. Say, he said he was sending you a present. Jimmy... Bring him a screwdriver. Here you are, boss. Mamma mia. Mamma mia, I hope. Look. Is that one of Perry Mirror, Mrs. Dixon? Oh, it's beautiful. Now you know why I wanted it so bad. It's only yours, Mrs. Dixon. Oh, thank you, Mr. Basco. Now, uh, here's your money. Thank you. 
Pasquale, here's your money. But Luigi, my friend, I... Now I tear up my promissory notes. Goodbye, Rose. Should I say goodbye, Papa? Goodbye, Pasquale. Hey, what do you mean, goodbye, Luigi? Sure. You're going to tear down an antique store and make one the biggest spaghetti palace, you know? No, Luigi. I've been thinking if you can sell one mirror and make a hundred dollars profit... Yes, Pasquale? I'm going to tear down a spaghetti palace and make one a big antique store. Mamma Mia, everything will work out fine. Lady pay for me. Pasquale make money and he give me part of it. Pasquale say he gonna give me Rosa for Christmas. <laughs> but I don't worry. She want to fit under my tree. <laughs> Next week, I think I go in a record place and I make a little record of letter and I send you. Listen carefully to my voice. This way, you learn a perfect English pronunciation. <laughs> In a little while, Mamma Mia, you'll speak as good as me. Also, is a one more way here to learn English language. So next week, I send you alphabet soup so you have a good soup and learn alphabet at the same time. <laughs> when you learn a few words good, make up a sentence and write it a couple of times. I make up one for myself, and is now my favorite. It's only a few words, but the mean a lot. Goes like this. Luigi Basco is very, very glad to be in America. P.S. Your loving son, Luigi. Be sure to listen next week at this time over most of these stations when Luigi Basco writes another letter to Mama Basco describing his adventures in America. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production and is written by High Craft and Cy Howard and stars J. Carol Nash as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Music is under the direction of Wilbur Hatch. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Lights Out, followed by the Martin and Lewis Show. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.